Hey, business building warrior, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum, and I'm recording a short introduction today for another segment that's become very popular around here. We're calling it Coach's Corner. It's when some of the great coaches from our team take some time to record a great podcast episode for the listeners. That's you. Now, today's episode is designed a bit for those who maybe have some experience already selling on Amazon. You've already got some momentum, your business is going. And these are some of the common questions that we run into as we're coaching our students who are building their businesses. So I'll bring Brian and Robin Olson on in just a moment. And that's the presentation they have for today's episode. I'll tell you what's in it as well in just a moment, break it down a little bit for you. But before we do that, I want to make sure that the newer listeners know that this podcast series is for them as well. Some episodes, we kind of dig into the weeds a little bit. We go deep, we teach strategies, stuff that may be a little over your head if you're new. So what's my advice to you if you are brand new around here? Well, I think the best tip I can give you is to please listen to 15 or 20 interview episodes of this podcast. And we've got hundreds of them, dozens of recent success stories with the students from our community. They've taken the Proven Amazon course available at provenamazoncourse.com. They've joined our Facebook group. There's a free link to get in there. 72,000 of us hanging out all day, every day, talking about how to build businesses using the internet creatively, focusing on Amazon and briefly why Amazon. Well, because we see that as the lowest hanging fruit business opportunity in the entire arena of e-commerce, specifically the one strategy that we teach that has resulted in these hundreds of podcast episodes where we've interviewed our successful students. We start you off with Amazon replens. And that's the model that Brian and Robin are going to talk about today as well. I would say 95% of the content on this show the past few years has been Amazon replens related content simply because we're seeing so many tremendous success stories with that strategy. Now, if you're brand new around here, there's a link that will stick in the show notes and you can go check this out. It's a video that's posted in our free Facebook group that introduces you to the entire concept in just a few minutes. So go to silentgym.com slash intro video. One word, silentgym.com slash intro video. That takes you right to a discussion in our group that has a video that shows you how we get on amazon.com, just like you were shopping, and then find those underserved opportunities that are right under your nose. It's not expensive. It's not complex. We'd love to show you how this system works. But if you've been around a while, you're a fan of this show, you've listened to more than 15, 20 episodes, maybe you're a proven Amazon course student, you of course have come to recognize that Brian and Robin Olson are two of the great leaders in our community. They're coaching leaders, actually. We have about 60 coaches on our team. Brian and Robin have a good number of those coaches on their team serving our great students every day, and they love putting together content for us. So what's on the agenda today? Today, we're going to talk about the difference between those high price errors that you get from Amazon sometime and when you're told by Amazon that your offer isn't eligible to be featured. What's the difference? Why do these things happen? How do we get around it? It's a great discussion. If you've run into any high price errors, you'll enjoy this conversation. I love the way they go back and forth on that topic. Also, what is a community listing? What does that mean when you see that? We talk about that. And why do we love FBA as opposed to other channels for selling inventory? You know, there's a lot of places you can go to sell 
physical products online. And I can tell you from my vantage point, the shortest answer for me as to why I love Amazon's fulfillment option is because it can be completely hands-free. As you've heard on this show, we have numerous students that we've interviewed who live outside the United States, but they never see or touch their inventory, yet they have very active, successful businesses buying and selling inside the United States. Using the resources and tools that we've compiled in the Proven Amazon course, that's possible. If you live in the US, it's even easier. And we teach people all day, every day how to do just that. So that's why I love the FBA, as opposed to like with eBay, you've got to store your physical product somewhere, your garage, a house, somewhere else, storage unit. And when something sells, you've got to go find it, dig it out. You don't have to do that with Amazon. You send all your inventory to them. They handle all the heavy lifting. And then finally, can the Amazon opportunity that we present, does it have to be something where you're trying to build a big business with employees and a warehouse and all that? Or can it just be something that supplements your income? Brian Robbins spent some time talking about that today as well. Enjoy that segment as well. Hey, I'm going to flip the switch now. We're going to get Brian and Robin on here. Enjoy hanging out with two of the great coaches on our team. And please send us your feedback. If you haven't noticed, we've been bringing on more special guests. We've been bringing on more guest hosts lately. And I've opened it up to our entire team of great coaches and leaders to step up and create some content for this great podcast because we certainly are seeing a lot of lives changed. We're seeing a lot of businesses launched and we love sharing the very real, raw stories and advice from those encounters with you, our listeners. We hold nothing back. We're sharing it all here. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, that you've been impacted by this podcast, that it's made a difference in your life and in your business, or maybe the Proven Amazon course or our coaching has helped you. Could I please ask you to do me a favor? Reach out to me, say, hey, you know what? I might be a guest on your podcast. Let's talk about it. If you're considering that and you've got a story to tell, you've got some momentum, I think you will be shocked how many people you would inspire by simply sharing your story. I know it seems like a simple story because it's yours, but it will be a profound story that will inspire someone. So reach out to us. If you're a member of our community, you love this podcast, our Facebook group, our Proven Amazon course, let us know. We know there's a bunch of you out there. We love bringing those great interviews to the listeners. That's enough of an introduction. Oh, one last thing, theprovenconference.com. Tickets on sale very soon. Circle July 6th through 8th, 2023 on your calendar. Do not miss that event. We'll have more details on it soon. The website has all the updates. Remember three words, theprovenconference.com. Go check it out. All right, let's go over and get... Brian and Robin on the line right now. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We're your hosts. My name is Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. We have some cool stuff for you today. We do. We think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> we, we tend to get a lot of questions um, from our coaching clients, and we like to address those um, on these uh, episodes. And so one of the ones we've been getting lately, I'm going to lead this one off, and then I'll throw the next one to you. Okay. Sounds good um, to me. All right is emails from Amazon saying, hey, you are not eligible to be the featured offer on Mm -hmm. a listing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've seen a lot of posts about this in the My Silent Team Facebook group as well. So what does this really mean when Amazon, A, sends you an email about it, or B, shows it to you on your Seller Central screen? Mm -hmm. You want to take a crack at this? Yeah, well, the first thing that I notice is that it's, it's simply informative. Amazon's just letting you know that you're at your price, you're not going to get the buy box at that price, which is pretty much expected, especially when we're testing to see if we can sell that for higher. We don't have to sell the buy box. 
listen to Jim's podcast, 554. Mm-hmm. Ignore the buy box. You'll get yeah. some more ASINs to test. Well, that, uh, and you may also be in the buy box in one part of the country and maybe not another, right? So that just because we're not eligible, according to the email that Amazon sends us, um, we may in fact be in the buy box. And this happened to to me when we, we got one of those uh, emails earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm pretty sure we're aggressively priced on this because it's old inventory we were trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so I we decided to dig a little bit further into the notification that we get from Amazon. I'm just going to read the first part of this to you. It says, Dear Seller, Amazon selects offers to be the featured offer, parentheses, buy box offer, based on what we believe will delight customers, including great prices, available availability, and delivery speed. Well, wow, there's a lot right there just mm-hmm. in that uh, great prices, availability, and delivery speed. The featured offer is the offer selected when the customer clicks Add to Cart. So in other words, there needs to be an add to cart option, right? So can I interrupt you for just a second, Brian? Yeah. So a lot of clients ask me when they're new, and I keep saying buy box, buy box, and they hear this in the My Silent Team Facebook group. Mm -hmm. What is the buy box? Can we define that while we're talking about this? Sure, we can. Like on a a listing, which we're going to dig into a little bit more here in a few minutes, but on a listing, when you're clicking on the product and it brings up the the page that's dedicated to this product, in the upper right-hand corner is an orange box that says, has two options, or it has a box with a price on it. And then there are two options. One is buy now. That's Mm -hmm. the orange button. And then I think right below it is the button that says add to cart. Right. And so you can either add to cart or buy now. Now, for those of you who may not be Prime members, the buy now button will basically take your default payment method, your default shipment address, and all you have to do is one click. One Mm -hmm. click of the button and boom, the item will be on its way to you. When you say add to cart and then go check out, then you have some more options to, to select. Like, is this the right address? Is this the right credit card? Potentially choosing your delivery speed, things like that. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. Please go ahead. Okay. So um, the feature to offer is the offer selected when the customer clicks the add to cart button on the product detail page. You're not currently eligible to be the featured offer because they are not. Oh, your your items are not currently eligible. Not eligible because they are not priced competitively compared to prices for those products from retailers outside of Amazon. Now, what's interesting about this is they're citing the price right here Mm -hmm. when in fact it could be one of the other options, availability and delivery speed that is keeping you from being the featured offer. That's right. So just to finish up, I said we got one of these emails earlier this week. Actually, I think it may have been on the Seller Central page. Mm -hmm. I clicked on the, let me go manage this. Uh, actually, I didn't click on that. I clicked on "Let take me to the listing. And lo and behold, there we were. Our offer was in the buy box. <laughs> so by the time they sent the email to you, you had gotten in the buy box. In this case, it was it was the notification on the Seller Central page. But yes, by the time we actually clicked on it and went to the listing, we were in the buy box. Mm-hmm. So these things change really by the second. They do. Which is why... A repricer can be so beneficial for you, depending where the pricing goes. You can keep up with that pretty, pretty real time, if you will. But yeah, like uh, uh, someone could have sold out just before I went to look, and boom, I got the buy box like you know two seconds later, and that's why it looked like we were there. I keep saying I, but I really mean we, right? Uh, <laughs> we know, Brian. We know. I know. I take all the credit for it when it's my stuff that sells well, and I get uh, all the blame when it's not. When right? it, uh, and then when it doesn't sell well, it's a we problem. It's yes, yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> so, 
So anyway, yeah, the point here of this, what is the point of this, Robin? Well, the point is you don't have to get worried about these emails. In our opinion, it is just informational. Thank you, Amazon. Appreciate that information. Moving on, I have already made it a conscious decision about whether I wanted to worry about that or not. If you have not, and you did not realize you were in the buy box and you wanted to be, then this is something that you might want to act on. Yes. Okay. Now, the other thing it's important to differentiate here or clarify that this is not a high pricing error. It is not. This is different from a high pricing error, right? Yes. And before we go there, let Mm -hmm. me just say something about the prime window that that is a phrase that I made up Mm -hmm. uh, that we've been talking about in the past. When you send your items in, often you'll be available to the customer in the future, even though you're not going to be the featured offer because you haven't your item isn't actually there yet. So this is when you have an item for sale, you send it into Amazon, and it's being made available as soon as you send it in. But it shows to the customer it's going to be available next week or 10 days from now or something like that. Okay. So what I explored today actually with one of one of my coaching clients that I was working with today, one of the things that we were exploring was, does that prime window change? Does that timing when it'll be available to you change depending on where you are in the country? Mm-hmm. Can't remember where she was, uh, but I'm in Denver and she was somewhere else in the country. I apologize. I don't remember what was, but we looked at the same ASIN in her prime seller account and got a different date that it would be delivered than it was in my prime seller account. In fact, mm. hers said three days, but mine said I could have it overnight. Oh, interesting. Yes. So it does make a difference. So two things about that comment about the prime window that we've talked about before. You must be looking from in an account that has prime uh, available. So a prime account. So you need to be logged in account. to a prime account logged in as the buyer Mm -hmm. in a prime account in order to see those at all. And no, keep in mind that that may be different for different people in the country. So if you go to your your inventory page and and you're in the available column, the inventory that's in the available column, I'm not going to say always because I can't prove that, but I'm going to say most of the time that's going to be available within the prime window for someone in the country. And this is as opposed to being an FC transfer or in unavailable for some other reason. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it shows available, it's available in the prime window for someone. May not be. That's what we, that's what we think we can, we have not proven that, but yeah, just keep these things in mind. They're all just kind of clues, but keep all of that in mind when you're making those decisions. Okay. So I interrupted you, but you were going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about pricing errors, which are different than... Yeah. So this is different than a high pricing error. This is just a notification that you're not competitively priced or your delivery time or availability is not such that Amazon will put you in as the featured offer. Mm -hmm. Again, that could depend on which part of the country the shopper is visiting Amazon from. But a high pricing error is different. When you receive a high pricing error, what happens is that that item that has that's experiencing the high pricing error actually goes into stranded inventory. And so it's not available for sale, even if the price, let's say the buy box is $20, you had it priced at 26 because it has sold for 26 in the recent past. Now we're getting a high pricing error on this. 
it's not even available for the customer to see as a purchase option so long as you have this high pricing error. So what we need to do is work our way out of that high pricing error, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. We need to figure out what to do to get that available again, or it's just going to sit there in Amazon's warehouse. Right. It's going to stay in stranded inventory. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have your inventory recall settings configured every 30 days or so, uh, I think you might be able to configure that maybe for a shorter period of time, maybe two weeks, maybe seven days. But if that thing is stranded for 30 days, automatic uh, Amazon's auto- automatically going to return that to you if you don't fix that high pricing error. Mm-hmm. So I know this wasn't on our list. We're doing a little ad hoc here uh, <laughs> of things to talk about. But Who, us? I know. You know <laughs> we never go off the cuff. Never. Let's talk about how you might address those high pricing errors. This is something that's usually in your area. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't mean it to be rhetorical like I wanted to answer it, but <laughs> but yeah, there's a couple of ways. And I and there are a lot of videos out there. One of them uh from Jimmy I just saw recently. He talks about how to Jimmy Smith. Uh, Jimmy Smith, yeah, mm-hmm. how to uh address these and plenty of comments in the MST Facebook group about how to address this. Um, you can take a big swing at it and you know, come down to uh, near the buy box and then incrementally adjust your price until you trigger that high pricing error again. And so you kind of know where that uh, threshold is, or you can take a different approach and keep it at 20, whatever that uh, current amount is, and lower it incrementally each day until that error goes away. Mm-hmm. Either one of those ways will get you get you out of that high pricing error. One of them is a little bit or a lot more immediate than the other, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we take a big swing at it, just to continue the example, the buy box was 20, we were at 26 we go in and change the price to 21 and all of a sudden we're not getting the high pricing error, then we're going to be eligible. We're not going to be stranded inventory anymore. So it's very possible we could sell that item. From there, we'd like to creep it back up to kind of discover where are we going to experience that high pricing error. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with the the market, uh, the economics of that individual ASIN. So if there's a ton of inventory available in a very short amount of time and mm-hmm. it's all priced you know, super competitively, you might not be able to reach the sales price, that $26 that you saw before, just because of the market economics of that individual ASIN. As people run out of inventory and or delivery times get longer, then it's quite possible that you could achieve the buy box even at $26 at some point in the future. And and just to clarify, you're using twenty six dollars as just an example. This is arbitrary. Arbitrary. Arbitrary number. Yeah, I I was saying, you know, if the buy box was twenty and we were priced at twenty six, get in a high pricing error, then yeah. I think you had part of that conversation in your head. Okay, apologize. Yes, if that's unclear, I do that a lot. So this whole this whole section has been a little bit disjointed. So I wouldn't be surprised if it got cut up and re-edited. But (laughs) but that's sometimes how our brains work. We've gotten a little bit in the weeds. Let's pull it back out a little bit and talk to some people who are just getting started and may have some questions about what this whole Amazon business is and what we're doing here. I remember way back in 2019, October-ish time frame. Mm -hmm. This is the story time. I just got back (laughs) from from the Proven (laughs) Conference, Mm -hmm. right? I was fired up. I was excited because I discovered a lot of cool things, met a lot of great people. Mm -hmm. Business was on fire. Came home. I'm trying to explain to you about how excited I am and all these different things. And you're like, okay, I want to do this too. Um, Show me how to source. And I'm like, great. What we're trying to focus on is community listings here. And I I go through this, probably had a lot of conversations in my head, just like you were saying. (laughs) And you were like, hold on a second. 
What's a community listing? Right. I have no idea. Yeah. What is a community listing? What's a third party seller? I right. I thought when I bought, I bought from Amazon all the time, still do, mm-hmm. because they have great service and I can get stuff right away and I just love it. So I was buying from Amazon all the time, had no idea I was buying from other people besides Amazon, mm-hmm. third party sellers sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, so you had to explain to me and what is a community listing? Why, why do we care about that? Right. So there are, I'm thinking about a couple of different platforms here that we can use to compare and contrast. One of okay. them being eBay, mm-hmm. and we'll compare and contrast that with Amazon. Okay. So on eBay, if we were both going to sell this water bottle mm-hmm. from Starbucks, mm-hmm. then I would create a listing on eBay mm-hmm. to sell my water bottle. Mm-hmm. And if you were trying to sell the same water bottle, you would create would your create own listing. Own. Right. I put my own pictures up, my own description. Right. Everything would be mine, my own, you know, options for uh, how much I want to charge for it. And we would be competing head to head for the exact same product. Hoping that they see my listing before they see yours. Right. So then it's all that, you know, tricks about how do I optimize my listing to be better, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, Amazon said, you know what, we're going to take a different approach to this. So the uh, eBay is basically a one-to-one approach, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, where I have my product and I have my listing and you have your product and you have your listing, even if the products are exactly the same. One product, one seller. One product, one seller. Mm -hmm. With Amazon, it's different. They, Amazon does not want multiple listings or multiple offers for the same product. They want one listing for the water bottle. Sorry, can I put that in front of your face a little more? (laughs) It's okay. I'm used to it. Uh, It's all right. (laughs) One listing for the water bottle and then multiple sellers can sell that water bottle on Amazon. So there are multiple offers. They're just all on the same list. Same listing, right. So this is what we call a community listing, Mm -hmm. where if you are approved to sell the brand and you are approved to sell in the category, then multiple sellers can sell on that listing. Mm -hmm. Do we get that right? Yes, that's, that's the way I understand it. Okay. So what's good about that and what's bad about that? There's got to be both sides, right? Well, I think there are pros and cons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's good about it is, well, we don't have to make the listing. It's already made. True. Listing creation can be a big deal. It is. And that's one of the great things about just selling replants is that you can just go ahead and sell whatever is out there that has already proven itself to be a good seller. That was one of the things that really turned me on when you were telling me about Mm -hmm this type of listing in this this business that we that you had gotten into and I was going to get into with you was the fact that we could see what has this listing how has this listing performed in the past mm-hmm. before we decide if we think it might pre- continue to perform that way for us i thought that was just genius well and that goes back to the proven right the proven mm-hmm. methodologies the proven strategies the proven concepts Mm-hmm. The way to perform, uh, the way to do business on Amazon, the proven, hence proven Amazon course, mm-hmm. is that that's what you get with the approach that is being taught in this community. We're we're looking now, we can't, it's not a guarantee. No. But we can prove it out. It's a theorem. Right. right? So some some traits of that listing have already proven themselves to be true in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we test them to see if they're continuing to be true for us. Mm-hmm. What are some other advantages to having the community listing? Well, I'll tell you, not having to make a listing saves me a whole lot of time mm-hmm. because making a listing, taking pictures, I don't even have to have the 
inventory ever in my hands mm-hmm. in order to sell on that listing. I can mm-hmm. send it straight to a prep center mm-hmm. who sends it straight to Amazon. And I don't have to hold it in my hand and take pictures or anything like that. That's already done for me. So love that. Uh, yeah, I do too. And let's just take a minute to talk about there are m- many, many seven-figure sellers mm-hmm. in this group yes. who have no idea how to create a listing. That is true. And they don't need to. You don't need to. No. Right? You can use what's already out there, mm-hmm. proven listings uh, that you find inventory for that is mm-hmm. profitable when you source it, you send it in, you make money, you can make a lot of money. And then you send it in again. And then you send it in again, hence replants, right? <laughs> All right. Well, what are some of the cons of well, not having to make a listing? Well, one of the things that you don't get is control of the listing itself. Ah, so yes. if you didn't make that listing, a lot of times you won't be able to you won't be able to improve that listing. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to put new keywords in there that you think might be optimized for searches. You won't be able to change those pictures. Um, sometimes you'll be able to make some changes, but most of the time you won't be able to make changes. And if people have broken the rules or made mistakes when they made those listings, you need to be careful mm-hmm. and just make sure that you know it, it's not going to have any problems. But that's pretty easy to do because Amazon's pretty good at cleaning that stuff out. Some would say that's true. Others would say you should see this junky listing I'm on. <laughs> right. It doesn't it's have any. It's fine. It has five words in the title. It doesn't have any bullets. There's no right. product description. There's one picture. <laughs> the picture doesn't match the title. Mm-hmm. And yet there might be 50 drops a month on this listing. Right. Right. If it sells, it sells. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, sometimes those junkie listings, what appear to be junkie listings are gold. <laughs> yes, sometimes they are. What I was going to mention was, what do you think? I totally, completely lost my train of thought. Oh, well, we can come back to it. All right. <laughs> so uh, more of the cons of you don't get to make the listing, you don't get yep. to improve the listing. And some of the other things I just said, the images could stink. They may not match the title. Um, oh, say, sure. I mean, we're back now. <laughs> A little blip in the brain. So how many times have you sold something or or sourced something for the list that is, you don't have any idea what it is? Um, a lot. Yeah. So you do not have to be an expert at knowing what this is or what it what it is meant for. There are tools and crafting items and things that that I may not understand, mm-hmm. but I can understand whether it sells well or not. And I can understand whether I'm getting the right item that matches or well, that, not. Well, that's the key right there is even if I don't understand what it is or, I mean, I can probably figure it out, but I do need to be 100% certain that I'm selling the same item that that listing is describing. That is true. So if there's a model number or something that you can match up on those, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. A but, model number, a UPC code, mm-hmm, a picture mm-hmm. that is the exact match, right? Mm-hmm. And so what what do we do? I know we're going to take a little rabbit trail here. <laughs> no, we never do that. What do we do if there's a difference, let's say, in the picture versus the title versus the bullets? And I'll just give you a oh. quick example here. So let's say that, because uh, we're, I've mentioned this before, but we're in the shrinkflation period right now, mm-hmm. right? So maybe there was something that used to be a 16.9 ounce something, shampoo, water, whatever it is. And now it's a 15.9 ounce or a 16.2 ounce. And the pic, the the title, let's say, is has been updated, and it says it's a fifteen point two ounce. Mm-hmm. The picture says it's a sixteen point nine ounce, or whatever the difference is. What do you do in that situation? Well, I have to say, ultimately, this is a judgment call. You're you're going to have to to make a decision there. 
I may look at it for a while, make sure some other people have sold on that before I get in there. And then I'm and then I'm probably going to go look and see if anybody has complained mm-hmm. that they didn't get mm-hmm. the the right thing. Now I will feel better if I if it says more a package that is more than what is on the listing. Mm-hmm. I'll feel better than less because the customer is getting more than what was promised. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case when the two things don't match. One's more and one's less. So I look at the bullets and see if it's clarified there and the description. Mm-hmm. But I do heavily repl- rely on customers' comments to tell me whether they were happy with what they got or not. Well, I just have one question for you. Yeah. What solves this problem? More SKUs. More SKUs. If I find myself spending too much time trying to figure out if that's a product that will work for me or not, if I've got the right source, I could be I could go find 10 more ASINs to test in the time that I spent worrying over that one. They're just too many good listings. Yeah, that's right. That's that's my answer would be if there's when in doubt, move on. Yep. Just go to the next Agreed. one. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. All right. We have a couple of more topics here uh, that we can chat about. Let's talk, okay. let's jump into the next one, which is why do we want to do FBA versus uh, an FBM or you know some other platform? But on the Amazon side, why would we want to do FBA? Well, I'll tell you, one of the biggest reasons I like to do FBA as opposed to FBM is because almost every time it moves faster through the FBA program than it does through the FBM program. Customers are getting that buy now. Customers are getting that 48 hours shipping and they've paid for that prime membership. Mm -hmm. So they want prime products. And it shows because, you know, they, that's what they choose. Often, if there's an FBA seller on, they, they choose the FBA seller as opposed to the FBM. So that's one of my favorite reasons to use. I think it's a great one. I didn't even write that one down, (laughs) Uh, but great reason to choose FBA because it shows up for prime, (laughs) right? Uh, it's easy to turn on the filter if you're a shopper that says only show me prime items. Mm-hmm. And if you only have an FBM offer, then you're not going to show up on that list. Right. We can make the case and the argument that there is still an audience for the non-FBA shoppers. Absolutely. And we may do that at some point in the future. But for now, why FBA? That's number one reason. Number two reason that I like it is because you don't have to send it to the customer. Mm-hmm. So as a onesie twosie, right? Every time an order comes in, like I have we, to get we, up in the morning and get that shipped off before the time's up. We like to look at our phones and say, oh, look, I've sold 14 items, 28 items. I sold 100, you know, whatever items today. If you had to ship each one of those to your customer, um, it'd be a little more challenging than, say, making a shipment once a week or twice a week, dumping 150, 350, whatever units into your boxes and having them shipped off to FBA. Now, the downside to that is you got to wait for Amazon to go through all your inventory. Right. They right. have to, to receive it and put it in the warehouses they they want it and make it available for the customer that is true. Yeah. However, if I compare making money in my sleep, mm-hmm. I can make money in my sleep with the FBM program where mm-hmm. I have to ship it to the customer within a certain amount of time mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So when I'm making money in my sleep and I get those sales, I get up in the morning and I have work to do. Mm-hmm. Not it doesn't necessarily match my schedule. Yep. When I'm making my money in my sleep, when I'm doing using the FBA program, I can see all those sales when I get up in the morning and I don't have to do anything. That's right. You shop when you want, you prep when you want, you ship yes. when you want. I make and, my own schedule. And then when you're done with those things, then you just check your phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Versus the other, the other model is uh, 
you, like you say, you got to get up in the morning, ship some stuff out or ship some stuff out at the end of the day, each and every day, mm-hmm. which there's really nothing wrong with that. We do that for like, we like to do that in the summertime with multiple items, right? It's a great way to add uh, a little icing on the, or a cherry on the Sunday, if you will, of, of your Amazon business. Um, if you sold, you know, four or five items, six items every day that were $5 profit and you're adding $30 a day profit to your business. Hey, nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong at all. Okay. One more thing I really like about FBA versus the other model is going to be that Amazon handles all the customer service. In other words, fulfillment, FBA stands for fulfillment by Amazon. Mm -hmm. That fulfillment is not only the shipping to the customer, but then also handling all of the customer issues. What might some of those issues be? Oh, I love that I don't have to deal with the customer individually. Maybe the customer purchased the wrong size and it doesn't fit and they want to send it back. Or maybe maybe the customer got something that was broken and they need they need somebody to tell them what to do about that. Maybe the customer accidentally used the wrong credit card and they wanted to change the payment. Any anything that the customer has issue with, pretty much anything, Amazon will handle that. And sometimes there are consequences that we have to deal with, but we don't, we would have to deal with those anyway. Right. Yeah. So Amazon takes care of all that. So when we get customer, when we get messages from customers on an FBA product, what do we do? We send them right back to Amazon. Please reach out to Amazon. We've got a a template in our uh, buyer seller messaging that says, Here's the number for Amazon. Amazon takes care of this or what, you know, however. Right. So that would be in a case where they said, Well, I didn't get the product. Right, right. Or I got it and it was broken. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Amazon gets to deal with all that. Yes. However, we do love customer feedback. Uh, customers do give feedback to the sellers and that that helps us in our um, metrics, our seller metrics. But we do a little happy dance every time we get five-star review from somebody. We make a real celebration. Every morning we look to see who gave us a good review and we make a clear celebration and gratefulness to that particular customer for reaching out and saying something nice. Absolutely. Because you know what you focus on, you will create more of Yes, in your business and in your life. So if you focus on the bad stuff, then maybe you're going to get some more bad stuff, challenges, whatever. But if you focus on the good stuff, you will bring more good stuff into your business. Yeah, I think that's true. All right. So that's Amazon FBA. Amazon handles all the customer service. Mm-hmm. Great. I think we've got time for one more subject here if we want to jump into it. Okay. I love this topic because as coaches for our clients, Mm -hmm. uh, we get asked, I think everyone comes in to this business with big goals. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. A lot of people Uh, have big goals. And we love those big goals. Yeah. They want to replace their jobs. They want to get a new car. They want to send their kid to college. They're going to have a baby. There's so many great reasons that people come to us and want to build the business big. Yes. But could I be interested in this business just because I'd like to maybe cover my mortgage payment or cover my car payment mm-hmm. or you know earn an extra few thousand dollars this year so that I can take my family on vacation? Or I mean, there are any number of reasons that um, I could be interested in this that doesn't mean I have to be a million-dollar seller. That is absolutely true. One of the great things about having your own business is that it's your business and you get to decide what it looks like. And you can do you can do selling on Amazon platform in many, many, many different ways. And many people in this community do other strategies 
and do it at different sizes. Some people never touch their product and they send hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory every week. Some people just want to do it themselves on a Friday night with their teenage kids and have some family time and make some money while they do it. That's okay too. So we want to make sure everybody knows there are no rules to how big your business could be Mm -hmm. or how it works for you, what your goals are in that business. Yeah. I used to tell the story about how one ASIN was making our car payment. Mm -hmm. I would tell it to you and anyone else who would listen. That was back before we were doing these things. But (laughs) it's amazing how when you're going through this process, you can find, you know, one ASIN, five ASINs, 10 ASINs. The whole goal if you're going big is to find, you know, hundreds of ASINs. But you can find a few ASINs that will cover your car payment. That will add an extra, you know, make it so your your, uh, grocery shopping is not as tight as maybe it was last month, right? Right. Just adding a few hundred extra dollars to your business can mean, I mean, to your uh, budget can mean a lot and go a long ways. Yeah. Are there any special challenges about this business, Robin, that we might want to watch out for if we're not trying to go big? Well, remember the answer that we have about what cures everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, you know, more ASINs, testing more ASINs kind of cures everything. Yeah. So, You'll have a smaller book of business. You'll have challenges that may impact you further. Mm -hmm. But if you plan for that and work that out, Mm -hmm. you know, it can certainly be manageable. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Can you do this business model? I mean, can you do replens if you're just looking for a few hundred extra extra dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month or something like that? You absolutely can. Okay. I, I think that you can. Do you have any comments on that? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, this is what I was, you know, kind of starting this out with. Like, yeah, it works with replens. Obviously, the wider that you go, you know, the, the inch deep mile wide philosophy still applies. Yeah. Don't bank all your business on one or two ASINs. No, because refreshing those ASINs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, 20 or 30 or 50. I mean, re- we had our first uh, five figure month when we had about 65 ASINs. Yeah. And that was really all we needed at that point. And there are a lot of folks who would be fine to have a $10,000 a month Amazon business that generates two to $3,000 a month in profit. Mm-hmm. And if you only had to maintain 75 ASINs on your list to, uh, to uphold that kind of business, that's not a bad thing either, right? Right. We right. don't, we don't have to outsource. We don't have to build teams. We don't have to, you can do this. I mean, you can build a team in your home. Mm-hmm. It could be you and your wife or you you and your kids or you and your partner, whatever it is. It's a great is. way. I love it when people talk about how they teach their kids how to use yeah. about business by yeah. doing this business mm-hmm. yeah, with I, them. I'm a fan of this. It doesn't, not everyone has to scale this business to seven figures. And this is a really? conversation that we do have a lot with our coaching clients. It's like, okay, I got $24,000 a month now uh, in sales. This is generating, you know, $3,500 a month in profit for me. What's next, mm-hmm. right? What's next is what you want to have happen. If that's good for you, then stick with that, right? Right. And, and we do make it a point with our coaching clients to, to hopefully they understand we are here to help you make, meet your goals. Absolutely. Just because we have goals doesn't mean you have any interest in our goals whatsoever. Your life is different. Your history is different. Your world is different. Mm-hmm. And we are there to help you meet your goals. Absolutely. And, and the, the variety in this business is what keeps it interesting and makes it so that everyone's business is a little bit different from each other's business. And it makes room for all of us. It That's does. why there's room for all of us. Right. I think we get accustomed to hearing the stories 
the success stories on this podcast, which are phenomenal, right? We love hearing that I'm selling $50,000 a month. I got 20% margin, you know, profit, net profit on my business. I'm scaling to a million dollars, you know, a year or a million dollars a month even, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. I lost my train of thought where I was going with that, but... (laughs) We're helping the clients meet their goals, not our goals. Yeah, yeah. That that's it, right? We like to get clarification on that when we're first sitting down with our coaching clients and say and find out what is it that you're really going after. Is it maybe the belief level? Maybe all we can see right now is I just need an extra five hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's great. Once we achieve that, that's like climbing a mountain. We get to the top of that mountain and we can kind of see some other mountains over there, and we're like, oh, I didn't even know that mountain was there, mm-hmm. and that one looks actually pretty easy for me to climb that amount might be $1,500 a month in profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all different for everybody. I would say one thing mm-hmm. to think about is that the main ideas still have to all be, if you're going to do a replants business, there are what we've kind of identified as three main areas mm-hmm. that still have to be worked, whether on a small scale or a larger scale. But there's still the research portion. Mm-hmm. There's the inventory management. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sales management. At, at a high level, you still have to, you know, work all three areas. Yeah. But you can do those in a small, small scale or a larger scale. Yep. Yeah. You can do those yourself or you can hire it out. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Great. I like it. These were great topics. I appreciate you uh, collecting our thoughts here um, <laughs> to have this chat today. I know I kind of covered it earlier, but uh, and there are plenty of challenges you can run into in this business. Mm-hmm. And the answer, the solution to many, most, if not all of those challenges is... More, test more ASINs. Test more ASINs. Yep. Yeah. Go bigger on your ASINs. Go wider. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Well, we sure appreciate your time today. It's been our pleasure to be here and share this with you. For now, we're signing off. Signing off. See you soon. Hey, thanks for joining us for today's episode. But before we go, I've got a special guest we're going to spend a couple minutes with. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com. He always has some great legal and Amazon policy advice and tips for us. What do you got for us today, Jeff? Uh, Thanks for having me back. All right. So what we're talking about today is checking receipts. So when you're leaving a store, you always want to check your receipts. There's two things. And I can say it's happened to me myself when I went out sourcing to do uh, some YouTube videos a couple months back. One is the cashier forgot to scan an item. Well, I had no proof of purchase because I didn't pay for it. <laughs> so that's right. so if you know by the time I got home, I realized I had to go back to the store and buy the item. Wasted gas, and I think it was Marshall's. So I spent more money in gas than the item cost. But but it was uh, but obviously it's worth it for the integrity point of view. So one is it, getting that receipt is important to make sure to check your items, make sure that the, everything you purchased is on there. Because just because you went and bought seventeen, you know pairs of sneakers, if you only paid for 15, and if you send 17 into Amazon, they're not going to account for two of them. They're not going to say, well, 15 is close enough to 17. They're, they're just going to say, okay, well, you can't prove the authenticity of those two sneakers. So you want to make sure, one, that all the quantities are correct and that all the products that you purchased are on the receipt. Second thing is you want to look at that receipt and make sure the details are correct for the store. So we've been seeing in our practice a lot of receipts coming in lately that are either missing phone numbers or addresses. So like there's some stores out there, the receipt has everything. It's got the UPC, it's got the logo, it's got the name. And then it'll just say like 123 Main Street. And then, you know, any town USA, you know, 00000. Because somebody forgot to set up. Right. Yeah. 
as someone forgot to set up the cash register. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have the details. And so when Amazon gets this, they're like, well, this is this doesn't tell us what store you bought it from because it's missing the, the address or it's missing the phone number. We've also seen receipts where it has the logo and then it'll just say store number 953. And then it'll say, you know, like, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. And then that's it. It doesn't say where, like what the address or the phone number for store 953 is. And unfortunately, when Amazon gets that, they can't accept it because even though it's a brand name, you know, big box retailer, they're not going to go look up store 953 to figure out what's their phone number and their address and right. they're just going to reject They'll it. They'll just reject the receipt is not valid proof of purchase. And for those who don't know, it doesn't happen very often, but it happens often enough that you definitely should be saving all the receipts for all of your reselling activity. When you go to stores and you buy products, make sure it's a detailed receipt, shows what you bought, what you yeah. paid, what store you got it from, because Amazon might ask for that as verification yeah. that it's a legitimate product that you're selling. So save your receipts, but also take a quick look at them as you're leaving the store and make sure the register was set up properly so that all the information you need is actually on the receipt. That's a great tip. I don't think in in the 12 years plus I've been doing this, I don't think I've ever heard anybody bring that one up. I love it. That's a good tip, Jeff. Thanks. Hey, you're most welcome. And also, you know, get a receipt scanner. I can't can't say that enough. As people's volumes grow, it just makes sense. Get a receipt scanner because... Amazon may want it and it's way easier to type in, you know, into your computer, pull up all Nike receipts from this time period mm-hmm. than to be going one by one through the shoebox trying to find them. So. Yes, absolutely. Great tip. As always, appreciate you, Jeff. Of course, we're talking to right. Jeff of jeffschick.com. He's a regular guest around here. Get over and see the great program that he has for this community. Uh, there's a link in the show notes actually as well. So you can go check out the offer that he has for all your Amazon policy and legal advice, man. Sure. Appreciate you. We'll have you back again real soon. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.